Hello everybody and yes! Welcome to another episode of Mishra's Bubble. This is episode number 41 and my name is Francisco, of course. And with me I have the one, the only, Spider Space. How are you doing, man? I'm, I'm good. It has been so long since we have done this. Like it is, I don't even... I'm going to level with you. I don't remember the date that we recorded our last episode. I know that it was, I'm pretty sure it was sometime last month. <laughs> it was actually the month prior. Oh, <laughs> it was, no. It was late November. But uh, yeah, so uh, sorry and apologize to everybody. Actually, no, we don't apologize to nobody here. It was, we, we had to take a break that we didn't plan. It just happened, but it was totally worth it because the break was taken because I went to Argentina and I had a fucking blast. Okay. It was awesome. Uh, Argentina was champion of the world in, in soccer. Uh, everything just went right in this trip. Okay. So it was awesome. And I'm sorry you weren't there. Uh, but hopefully you should, you should actually go to Argentina now. It's, it's a great <laughs> time to go to Argentina right you know, now. I I will say I actually used my magic powers during that time. You know, I got like a random week off from work. It was like the 26th I knew I was going to have off. And then they were like, oh, I guess just like here's the whole week. And I was like, the whole week? Like, oh, oh, okay. And of course, like, what do you do when you have a whole week off and it's cold outside? You're like, I don't know, whatever. Check the little uh, Twitter MTG bot, you know, see what tournaments are happening. It was like, oh, shit. There's a bunch of supers this week. So naturally, I just grinded and played Magic basically my entire week off, because <laughs> I'm a damn degenerate. Uh, but I actually, I managed to uh, to top eight the, the modern one. I got uh, third place in that bad boy. Hell yeah, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. We're yeah, definitely I... going to be talking about that. But uh, we actually have an interesting episode that we put together, and this was meant to be recorded like maybe two weeks ago at this point, but uh, scheduling was rough, and we were rusty, and we couldn't make it happen any earlier than today, so you get it today. Uh, But yes, we're going to be making uh, a little bit of, um, how should we call this? This should be like uh, like a throwback episode? Uh, What is this? A year in review. There we go. It's going to be a year in review. We're going to be talking about uh, the shifts, the ups, the downs, and the mediums of uh, modern throughout the year 2022. Uh, It was quite a year, actually, man. As we were going through the deck lists in preparation for for the recording of this episode, there's some stuff in there. Somehow, like, everything changed, but nothing changed. I, it, it's it's such a weird feeling. Yeah, it's really funny that we can, like, you know, look back and learn that we learned nothing uh, throughout this entire year. And it's not just, it's not just us. Like, I, I mean that, like, as us, a community, but also definitely me personally. I've learned nothing. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, however, you may have learned a thing or two, because we're going to start things off uh, by the way, we're going to be looking at uh, the lists from like showcases and like super qualifiers and stuff like that. So we're, what we want to take a look at is sort of like the winners metagame, like the stuff that would, was doing well at these different points in time. And uh, we're, you know, 
sure, there's going to be like a random sweet brew that maybe like five out elite or, or topated challenge or whatever. We don't care about those. <laughs> those those like just came and went and nobody cared or cares about them now. So uh, we don't either. So we're going to fire things off with the modern showcase that happened on January 23rd. And sure, Amulet won, but... Who cares about that? Because in second place, we have this handsome fellow over here. Spider... Speeder Spasse. Speeder Spasse. That dang Speeder Spasse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I. Th- this was the, the first uh, event, big event of the year. I managed to get second place in it. I was playing Creativity at the time, which in retrospect, like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, Luris was legal and I was playing Creativity. But apparently it was a great call because I got second place. And, uh, I, as far as I remember, this was like the first big tournament that creativity did very well in with Archon of Cruelty. And of course, you know, the listener today is thinking like, what do you mean? Like creativity plays only Archon, but dear viewer, uh, for quite a while, creativity was doing all sorts of nonsense. Uh, this ranged from Velamachus, which was like the first big one into the Sarah's Emissary plus Emrakul. And I was a big champion of Archon, and, and here I am, second place Archon. I guess, I guess that Archon card's pretty good, huh, Fran? Dude, like, you were you were kind of, like, very much ahead of the meta here. And at the same time, very much behind the meta. Because, like, <laughs> what are these remands? What what are you doing, man? Like, two Jace Demise Sculptor, three hard evidence? Ugh. Look, look, I got second <laughs> place. I don't know what, what there is to say. <laughs> Oh man, like this this stuff going on here, uh, it's a little bit like hard to see even a little bit. Basic island or basic planes will just crack me up forever in this. I, okay, part of me, every time I register creativity now, I stare at the basic mountain and I'm like, Ugh, I guess I'm going to lose to Blood Moon. And I, I like look longingly over at my basic island and my basic planes that aren't in the deck anymore. And then I go, no. I need discipline. But at this time, I wanted to beat it all. And I guess I kind of did for one tournament. <laughs> this one time, the one time it worked, dude, like looking at this deck list, like this, this is just like, I, I don't know if we can call this nostalgia after it's only been a year, but it, it talks to me about simpler times, you know, when you could play hard evidence and you were just like, well, you know, Actually, this is fine. <laughs> this is this is okay. Like this is the card that I want as a three off in my main deck. Yeah, yeah I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this is a time where Monkey was already well established because it had a, a very very good friend. Uh, we had the Monkey and the Cat. Dude, like this this these are the times of Lurus. We have. A, Stuff like pirate spell bombs in sideboards hanging up, hanging out just to kill like Burrington, Forge Tenders, and um, <laughs> what was the name of the two drop? I forgot. Sanctifier. Um, the Sanctifier, yeah, exactly. Man, looking at this stuff is it's kind of a throwback for real. No, this is a wild top eight. So for for the viewer, you know, or the listener, I guess, uh, it. This was the time of, of Grixis Death Shadows, like, return to modern, right? So, like, Blue Red Merktide existed, but largely was viewed as a worse deck than Grixis Death Shadow, largely because they, they got the cat, right? Um, 
So that deck was all over, and we do see it putting copies here into the top eight, um, along with four colors still doing its nasty business. Um, and there was basically Yorion versus Loris, the format for a while here. Um, but yeah, GDS being one of the very best Loris decks, probably it and Hammer were probably the two best Loris decks. Um, there's also like weirdo stuff in this top eight, like uh there's a uh an oops all spells list and it's not belcher rather it is the uh what 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 is the name of that card the 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 milieu dudes the balustrade spy and undercity informer yeah this this was a legit deck at this at this point in time i remember this deck like consistently putting up top aids and i can't remember how like how like you look at this deck nowadays and you're just like, yeah, that's this this just doesn't work. This just gets completely run over before it can achieve anything. But somehow this deck just showed up every now and then. <laughs> yeah, you know, I will say I think that there are decks in this top eight, including that one, that are better than you think they are. Like, GDS doesn't have Lurus anymore, right? But I, I don't think that that deck is like totally unplayable I, I i also think that you know oops all spells kind of falls in a similar camp where like, obviously four color was the deck to prey on with these dumb combo decks so obviously <laughs> that was the time to do it and now you just like you know your opponent goes turn one monkey and you're like oh guess i lost or, you know, all the answers that have since come to your, like, two-mana artifact rock where your opponent's like, oh, yeah, I've got Haywire Might, I've got Seiju, I've got Prismatic Ending, I've got Leyline Binding. And, like, only some of these were around then, but I don't know. I guess it didn't matter. Yeah, I guess, like, the the one that you pointed out right there about Seiju, that's a big one, right? Like, that's that's the card that really came out uh, not too long after this event, actually. Because uh, this was, again, uh, January 23rd, and it was uh, February 11th where Kamigawa Neon Dynasty was uh, was released. And uh, that, that, was, that was the big one, right? Like, this was actually the big set that affected Modern in a pretty big way. And we can actually move on to the next event that we're going to be talking about uh, today, which is going to be a super queue that happened on the 27th of February. At this point, Kamigawa was legal, but not super um, comprehended just yet, to put it somehow. So cars that we now see as absolute bangers actually took a little bit to, to show up. Stuff like uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, for example, uh, which guys like, um, for example, my co-host over here, uh, who, uh, my co-host, yeah, you know, he, <coughs> the one that did not like Fable of Mirror, <coughs> Mirror Breaker. Uh, hey, uh, now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so cars like that actually took a while to, to really catch on. Uh, so it's really interesting to see how these deck lists looked at this point in time. Uh, and how things have changed since since then, even with for, for even with the same decks. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's really wild. Like you look at these formats, and you've got like someone top eighting this both the last event and this event, same person, same deck, just GDS still just crushing it. But you also have like weirdo stuff like blue red prowess, or no, sorry, blue that no blue 
red-white prowess made top eight of this event, um, along with, you know, there, there's a, another copy of Amulet making it, and uh, Yongmoth's first appearance in the year. Um, and then, like... <laughs> There's a Sarah's Emissary Emrakul deck, and, and, and you, you guessed it, it's Indomitable Creativity, so them coming back and letting you know, no, no, you can still play Sarah's Emissary and Emrakul, maybe. Also, like, the fact that this list was just playing two Chain to the Rocks, three-fourths of Negation, man, some people are just built differently, you know what I'm saying? You know what, like, we were just harping on cards in my list, and even today like i can find you a creativity list whatever last tournament creativity did well in inevitably i'm gonna find cards where i'm like what the fuck is that like like had you ever heard of the card uh turn the earth before creativity i bet you hadn't uh, actually i have excuse you because i'm an amulet gamer okay and you're turn even worse <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> turn the earth is of course an amulet cyber staple uh, but uh, but yeah, it, this this event is actually kind of fun. Uh, but this is around the time where a deck that we don't really see that much anymore, which is Yawkmoth. But Yawkmoth was consistently putting up results at this time, and it was only one person. But every single event just had like the lone Yawkmoth gamer who is just like, yep, I I managed to like sneak in there. <laughs> Right, right, yeah, Zerk, right? Zerk was just killing it. With yeah, it, it was either Zerk or Demonic Tutors or... Um, uh, uh, mistaken is coming to mind, but it's not Mistaken, it's... Claudio. No, it, it was... There's Claudio and... Oh, man. I, they actually subscribe to my channel, so I actually feel really bad right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the, the username, but... Anyway. But, uh, yeah, so we already had... Your, your Merktide was already showing up and it was already just showing its presence, but it, it's really funny to see how much more shadow we are seeing at the, at this point in time that, that Merktide, like really showing uh, what you were talking about before, where it's just like they had access to Lurus, so they were just objectively the better deck, <laughs> straight up. Yeah, it's, it's super weird. Like you have that for such a long time where it's like a shadow's just the better version and then they ban the cat and now everyone thinks the exact opposite where like you'll still see the occasional shadow list nowadays but for the most part they're gone and i i mean i guess that's really the difference like merc died's a hell of a card but luris is an all-time right yeah also i just remember that the name is predicted there you go i knew i knew that i wouldn't fail you i knew it uh but um but yeah no it's like, Lurus is one of the most egregious design mistakes in the history of the game, right? Yeah, I mean, speaking of, like, that by the time we get to the next tournament here, which is March 29th, Lurus will actually be banned. So Lurus was banned on March 10th. So pretty early on this year, actually, which kind of blows my mind because I feel like Lurus was with us for so long. And I remember talking about that with a bunch of people who was like, why don't they just, like, do away with the whole mechanic and you know spoiler we've already gotten the the bird band by now but like we still have rando companions in the format where you're just like you know you're playing your league and all of a sudden it's like hey wait what why is there a gigantha there like what what's with that elk 
Well, I mean, you're thinking that because uh, it was actually released on May 15, 2020. So we actually dealt with the cat for almost two full years. With rules changes between, yeah. <laughs> yes, so that's why it felt like so long. Because it was so fucking long. <laughs> that is as easy as as it is. That That's why it feels like it was that much. Uh, but uh, yeah, so by the time the next event's coming up, this was uh, March 29th. And now, what do we see now that, that the cat is gone? Well, birth is the world. Uh, we start to see all of these um, Yorion decks. This is the time where we see multiple 80 card decks uh, sneaking into top eights over and over and over again. Uh, we also see, uh, as you would imagine, uh, Murtag decks. Murtag decks have a pretty significant resurgence uh, because uh, they're they're not that they're not the the shadow deck that can't play <laughs> that can't play Lurus. They are just the shadow deck that can play an eight eight flyer. So expressive iteration really coming coming full, full front. This is uh, when we start. Uh, what is like the the mid range battle of the titans, I guess, where everybody was just like trying to out mid range one another, and we had like the four color decks going like up on on uh, eternal witnesses. So like they're playing time warp just so they can beat the mirror or like stuff like the fairy hero of Dominaria, like memory deluges. Everybody's just like trying to outgrind, like out mid-range the other the, the other Yorion gamers. Right. You also have folks on the opposite end of the spectrum. So like in this top eight, we have Living End making its appearance um, as kind of like the killer where, where you know, you're, you're out here, you're, you're playing four color, you're dirtling and you're living in opponents just like, okay, murder you. And a, a lot of those kind of cheesy style decks that have really faded away. You know, we, we talked about oops already, but there's Belcher, there's um, the, uh, what's the one that 15s you calibrated blast. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> there, there's a couple of these like super cheesy decks that are just gone. Obviously living end is less that way. Living end is like, a very scary deck even now um, where it's not so just like, you know, I'm only going to do the one thing. I mean, I guess they do kind of only do the one thing. They just have a lot of free cards as well. Yeah, this is an event where it was actually won by Hammer. And this is after people were saying, no, Hammer is going to die with lures. And there, there was like the other school of thought, which was like, well, now you actually get to play Sword of Fire and Ice, Nettlesith, and Kaldra completing Hammer, so it's actually just fine. And it, spoiler alert, it was just fine. <laughs> Hammer, <laughs> even nowadays, Hammer is still one of the top three best decks in the format, so really, really, uh, it, this was a weird time for the Hammer gamers out there. I love that just, you know, we're not really getting into lists that much here. But I just love that this particular hammer list had a Manriki Gusari in the sideboard. They were like, you know, Lurus is gone, but I'm going to be ready. And like that, that just brings <laughs> me such joy of like, oh, yeah, get that Manriki in there. Yeah. Also, uh, th there's like a shadow list in here. And can we just take a second to purr one out for Scourge of the Skycleaves? <laughs> Remember when everybody was losing their minds over this card? Yeah. Man, it feels like a this was like, age. dude, like this was like 
yeah, like the second coming of Shadow. This this is crazy. Shadow has access to eight shadows now. It's just like, well, <laughs> actually. <laughs> That's actually a really good question. Like what what cards from from Zendikar, the newer Zendikar, are actually even still played, right? Because like Skyclave Apparition was like a huge player in Modern for a while. And now it, it just sees absolutely no play like it and scourge were the two big ones from that set and neither of them see any play at all now yep um let's say that dress down was was ended up being a hitter <laughs> it took a while it, it took quite a while actually yeah yeah it's actually it's actually funny how at this point it's basically just the shadow players that are playing dress down because oh it combos with shadow or whatever uh, and now when it's just like no no dress dress down is just busted like it's just a really really good card so <laughs> we're just gonna jam it in, in in every blue deck i don't miss the luris dress down stuff do you remember that like you just like get back dress oh, yeah. down with luris on your end step and your opponent's creatures just never did anything ever like that that shit was awful <laughs> Yep, it really, it really was a pain, particularly when you're trying to play six sixes that that get lands, which don't get lands anymore, so they're a lot worse. <laughs> Dude, I didn't have six sixes, but I was ETB tribal. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, so moving on to uh, April, that's the following month, and we're taking a look at a, another showcase qualifier. Uh, this time we have. Uh, some interesting things like we have the uh, Yorion dominance, just very, very much uh, high up there. But there's like somebody going <laughs> the actual elementals route, which is hilarious. Uh, so yeah, like actual elementals. Remember this deck, man? I do. I, I people are trying to bring it back. They're trying to bring it back right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm trying to bring it back right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe not with Thunder King Awakener. I was never a fan of the the Thunder with Awake Awakener, but like, I don't know. Like, there's something about this deck which just feels really, really strong, and I don't know why we don't see it more often. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have a great answer as to why. I feel like it's it's yet another one of those decks that you know seems pretty dang playable but people are just like nope we're that that ship has sailed and i mean for what it's worth like if you're trying to flamekin harbinger to set up a thunderkin awakener with a lightning skeletal like there's probably better things you can do but when you're just like hey play a risen reef solitude you ephemerate solitude it's it starts to look pretty dang good three euron decks in this top eight by the way so Gosh. Very, very <laughs> strong showing for from the year and deck, as we will see over and over again throughout uh, this time until November. But Merktide already showing his ugly face. God damn it, do I hate that ugly face. <laughs> I was just thinking like, hey, Amulet's in the top eight again. What's up with that? <laughs> I mean, it's not Amulet that's in the top eight. It's Mistaken. Like, Mistaken will just like top eight with Amulet regardless of, <laughs> regardless of context. <laughs> player cracked not deck cracked yep very very much so uh so here is uh, for the next event that's gonna be may 7th and at this point on april 22nd actually that's when streets of nuka pena is released 
But this was a weird one, right? This was a weird set where this really took a while for people to to really figure out the fact that the good cards in this set were two. And they were both two drops. One of them had a job. The other one was a car. <laughs> so, of course, of course, I'm talking about the bird lawyer and I'm talking about um, Unlicensed Hearse. But uh, yeah, these two cards actually took a, took a little to, to really catch on. So at this point, we're not seeing that many of them being played. We are, however, seeing uh, what I personally think is it's a banger of a deck. Like, I actually love this deck a lot. And this is the uh, Lotus Bloom Tameshi deck. Oh, yeah. Th- this top eight, dude, it's so wild. You have, you have Tameshi... It's so like yes, there's there's some four color and you know, or there's um, three living ends in this topic. Yeah, a bunch of living end, but you also have freaking uh, like affinity. It's just like mostly, I guess it's blue white affinity. So you're just like you know, ingenious smith, memnite, uh, thought monitor stuff. Like that's that's not a thing. You don't see that otherwise. It's just here. Um, but then there's also like full on like frogmite sojourner's companion again in this top eight so like i i guess this was an affinity weekend yeah people forgot about their their force of vigors i guess too busy playing blue cards and they forgot about their force of vigors i guess so yeah you've got burn as well here and then um yeah as you said merc died and amulet in ninth place <laughs> oh. oh unplayable unplayable yeah. deck all right, so the next event was from June 11th, and wow, this one is interesting. Starting things off with Scapeshift. Remember this deck? No. <laughs> like, I, 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 okay, I, confession, I, I feel like this has happened with both of us a couple times where we're like, oh man, like, Scapeshift seems really good. And I, I, I think you and I both were like trying to figure it out at various points in modern where it was like, that just seemed like the deck to play. And I, I, you know, I actually wonder if we may have circled back around to that of like, maybe that's a reasonable version of four color now um, where, you know, you just like get all the good removal and you get like a very good combo kill. It's hard to disrupt. Um, but, and you don't even need Yorion. Like the, the list here, you know, did not have Yorion. It was, it was straight up just, you know, get in there yeah the issue that i see with scapeshift now is that scapeshift was precisely uh, and this is something that that we see in this top eight uh, this is this is pure four color dominance and scapeshift destroyed it, it, like absolutely embarrassed four color like it was the unbeatable four color uh, variant for for the for the pseudo mirror so it, it feels like right now uh, scapeshift does, doesn't really have a Anywhere, anybody to like really truly prey on, as as it did at this at this point in time. I mean, you'd think that I don't know. Like creativity was supposed to be the four color killer, right? But but we still see that played, and I, I feel like Scapeshift has a similar thing going on where you just like do have a degree of raw power, and there's not that much to ferry around, so that's pretty nice for you. The note to ferry is actually a good point, yeah. I mean, Teferi was sort of like the de facto um, 
combo stopper for the four color deck and four color was kind of like the best deck for it and nowadays there are basically no decks for it i guess we see the breach decks which we're going to be talking about uh, later today but still kind of i don't know we don't see as much the fairy as much the fairy as we probably should to be honest because that card is still an absolute banger <laughs> it really is yeah speaking of you know you, you were talking about how it took some people time to figure out cards from from that the um, streets of New Capenna. This is the, the the event where you see Ledger Shredder making its way into decks. There's a Shadow list with it. People still clinging on to Shadow, um, but there's also a deck that we just don't see at all anymore. And, and this is really interesting to me because this is post Luris ban, but we see Jund Saga in this top eight. So you know Ragavan Urza Saga. Tarmogoyf, Renin Six, like what what's the deal with that? Like why is that deck just not a deck? Like I, I know that when Luris was banned, everyone was like, oh, that's it. But then clearly it wasn't, but maybe it was. <laughs> yeah, and like we even don't see any fables in this in this deck list, for example. Like John Saga was always a thing <clears throat> the, the the weakness of the deck was always its mana right like it has some pretty steep mana requirements and even here we see three liliana of the veil and three season power master which are like red red and black black which are really really hard for this deck to achieve yet uh, we don't see any fable so this is still at a time where people were just not hip to how absolutely broken <laughs> fable really is uh, which is kind of funny uh, but um yeah also, I don't know. Uh, it 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 actually struck me like that you're saying that. Uh, I follow like this Twitter, uh, like a, a, a person that has a store, like a store owner on Twitter, to a, a Tales of Adventure, and uh, he was posting Tarmogoyf's Future Side, ten bucks. What? I saw this this past week, and I'm just like, what's going on, man? When wow. I started playing Magic, like, when I came into Magic, it was, like, 2013. When I came back, after, like, a 10-year uh, hiatus, Goyz were, like, 200 bucks, man. Like, straight up 200 bucks. Like, I, I remember the first time I went to FNM and a friend of mine had a playset of Goyfs in his deck. And I'm just like, what? You have Goyfs? That's crazy. He's like, yeah, I got them. Back when they were in Standard, they were, like, five bucks. <laughs> and I'm like... Wow, that's that's wild, and to see goyfs nowadays, like the OG printing and everything, just going all the way down. It I don't know. It, it hit me, man. It, it really hit me. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a hell of a concept when you're like you know, Tarmogoyf really was one of the absolute modern all star cards, and now it's it's like pretty dang mopey. And like I you know maybe I like I I would not call Tarmogoyf unplayable. But of the just here's a beater, it's it's pretty low on the list. I mean, the problem is that it just doesn't do anything, right? Like the the thing about Goif back in the day is, I mean, when it was like two hundred bucks, I'm talking about push didn't exist, prismatic ending didn't exist. So like, if you wanted to kill Goif, you were either trading even on mana or 
giving your opponent a land with Path to Exile. <laughs> like th Those were your options. It survived everything else. It survived Bolt. It survived uh, like Electrolyze and like stuff like that. So you were either countering the Goyf or you were just not getting rid of it ever. So um, it's really funny. Like that's like what you're saying is exactly true of Merktide now, right? And Merktide is just like the flying, like bigger, badder Goyf. Yeah, the difference is like Merktide is always backed by counter magic and whatnot, right? That helps. Also, yes. you're you're always double spelling. You're never playing a naked Merktide, right? Like you're playing Merktide while holding a counter magic, so uh, they're not the same <laughs> also like a four five or five six is not the same as an eight eight flyer yeah i mean you could you could play goif alongside counter magic people have done it but it's not yeah it, it's just not the same um the fact that this card also like we just mentioned dress down a little bit earlier and like this just becomes an, a zero one is uh a, a, not an irrelevant consequence and then of course as you mentioned there's Prismatic ending, fatal push, um, even even unholy heat can catch your goif a reasonable amount of the time. Um, Leyline binding. There, there's so like we've gotten so many crazy answers over like a very small amount of time. Like that, that, like not not really fatal push. Like fatal push was a while ago, but like prismatic ending, solitude, and leyline binding are all just absurd answers. Yes, uh, that that was like always the problem, right? Like everybody was uh, complaining all the time. Oh yeah, like modern is a problem because the threats are not as good as the answers. Well, now they're even. <laughs> that that time where the threats were that much better than the answers are long gone, I think. And now I... things have evened out a lot. I mean, our threats are pretty damn good though, too, right? Like Ragavan, Renin Six, Urza Saga, like. These are all insane threads. Yeah, but the answers are just as good, right? That's my point. Like, Ragavan just gets unholy heated and prismatic ending and leyline binding good. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they get answered. Like, I, I think our answers are very good. But, like, if you had me make a short list of my best cards in Modern, I, I'm... Like, my number one is, is Ren and Six. And then it's probably... I mean, is it Saga as the number two? So, and then, like, maybe Ragavan, so it's, like, the top three are all threats. Maybe that's just, like, how we work as players, where it's, like, you know, the flashy, like, kill you thing is more interesting than the, like, no, you don't. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's obviously, like, a matter of... Um, what, what's the word here? Uh, like in uh, prismatic ending is not killing anybody right so it's sort of like a silent hero it's more of a role player than it is um i guess prismatic ending is not a great example right now because it leyline binding kind of threw it to the, by the wayside um because it's just more of a catch-all uh but uh what i mean is like nobody is really saying oh that leyline binding is so broken Whereas it's just like, yes, the monkey killed you on turn one. It was not the Leyline Binding that killed you. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I guess part of the issue there is that a lot of our threats, and, and this is why Tarmogoyf sucks, they they are either hard to hit like Murktide or, you know, Saga, something like that. But they also just accrue value, right? Like if I play Renin Six, I pick up a land and then you Prismatic Ending it, like you just got two for one still, 
right? Or like yeah. if I like two Ragavan. For one and time walked because right. you spend your entire turn two like prismatic ending my Ren and six instead of doing your thing. So right, exactly. Or like you know, Ragavan is a little less that way because it doesn't have an ETB. But haste and being a one drop go a long way. Like if you're on the draw with a leyline binding, you just can't do you can't hit the Ragavan until turn two, and by that point, it's at least generated a treasure. Also, like dash on the monkey. Like don't get me started on the monkey, dude. Like. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay we can we, we can we can move on for now we're probably going to talk about the monkey later on again uh but uh, yeah no not too many changes uh going into the showcase challenge on july uh which is has amulet in it it has Merktide really cemented itself as this is the point in time where people were not playing drc and they were just like going all in on ledger shredder this is when shredder really really uh, takes over uh the format like every deck is a shredder deck we see shadow decks playing shredder we see we see Merktide playing shredder uh so it really is one of the premier threats in the format like it really took over the format in a way at this point in time yeah, the, the top eight here is pretty wild. Like, it's you've got four color, a bunch of four color. You've got Shadow still doing its thing, slash Merktide. And then you, you all have a copy of Belcher sneaking into the top eight. And like, I, I don't know how to say this. I, I feel like, you know, we get to a point, we're not quite there yet, but when Yorion gets banned, right, where everyone's, like, celebrating and, like, yeah, things are different. The meta's changed. And, like, I don't really think anyone is like, man, Modern was so much better when I could play Belcher, right? But part of me misses that of, like, like there's just, <laughs> there's, like, no reason to register Belcher now, right? Like, it's, it's just, like, why would you, why would you do that? But back then, it was like, oh, yeah, like, I, I'm just gonna queue into these, like, dirtily mid-range idiots, and I'm just gonna, like, fire off my cannon and ride it to the top eight oh those were the times those were the times for sure now it's just like oh yeah just gonna just gonna have fun with my cannon and it's just like nope grief you nope (laughs) just double grief you before you even get a turn nope just like counter everything you play yep that's that's game i mean speaking of grief living end is the deck that won this tournament so still still a bit of that but (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's fair also this is like back in the time where and this is like a little bit of anecdotal but i i still find this absolutely hilarious this is back in the time when amulet would sneak into top eights playing two inferno titans in the sideboard <laughs> i think this is like i don't know like since rurik i guess this is like the memeiest card that has found its way into amulet decks. I don't know, dude. You probably were just, straight okay, up. You were just talking to me about turn the earth and amulet sideboards. You've got hydrate crisis. Like, don't don't even get started with me about this. Like, amulet plays all sorts of absolute nonsense, and it doesn't even matter because it's cracked and i know you're gonna be like oh amulet's not that good but as we've been going through these tournaments it's like hey look amulet top eight amulet top eight amulet top eight oh look it didn't make top eight it's ninth next one it'll be top eight though (laughs) (laughs) it's unplayable then look at it don't worry about it (laughs) all right 
we made it all the way to August, August 6th. And uh, this actually a showcase qualifier which showed up and we we just brought it up because this one was won by Claudio, which is with Yachtmoth. And this is after he top-aided a Pioneer one, but for whatever reason couldn't play the Pioneer one, so they offered him like what other showcase qualifier he wouldn't play and he said modern and he played Yogmoth in this event and he just took it down easy <laughs> <laughs> that that is so impressive to me of just like oh yeah i, I top eight in this other format i don't really play modern anymore but anyway i'll go ahead and top eight no big deal yeah i'll just i'll just take it down don't don't worry about me just chilling uh but yeah so this is basically as competitive as it gets uh but uh, somehow and this always happens in showcase qualifiers dude uh, there's always a childbirth player in the top eight. <laughs> How does this even happen? It was good at killing four color. Like, I, like four color was viewed as the de facto best deck. And if you have a deck that beats de facto best deck and also just like can goldfish you otherwise, like that's not a terrible place to be, right? Like, like imagine you get paired into Yawgmoth and you're on Belcher and you like, you know, they play like a Grist on turn two, and then you're like, untap and kill you? Like, nice Grist? Yeah, that looks like fun. Still, Claudia took it down, which is nice. Uh, I like this point in the history of Hammer, where people are just like, I'm going to play like two Spilling Throne and one Paralyzed Mantle, and I'm going to put a, a Cranial Plating in there for, for when I have to fight fair. And I'll throw in a Sword of Fire and Ice just, just as well. Oh, and maybe maybe two Steel Shapers gift? Yeah, that sounds good as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the, the, the how do we even build this deck area uh, of, of Hammer, where it's just like, well, we can't play Lurus anymore, so now we actually have to think harder about our decisions, but maybe we'll think too hard about it, and we'll go all the way to the other side. <laughs> we'll just be playing all of these garbage cards because we overthought it a little bit. <laughs> you know what? Okay, I have two points here. The first is it's similar to Amulet, <laughs> where you can just kind of do whatever you want because you're still like your deck's just still cracked. Second point is I was actually just talking to Evan about this. You know, former former co-host uh, Boo, right? Um, Everos has Boo been Evan. jamming Boo. a bunch of Hammer, and I was talking to him about it, and I was like. So remember when Hammer used to play like the eight zero drops and four drums and they would just like do the like turn one Urza saga lines a lot. That just like doesn't happen that much now. People don't construct the deck that much now. And I don't truly know why. Like I know there was an evolution away from it because everyone was like, oh, I'm like my Urza sagas are so targeted. And it's not that they aren't now, but I feel like there's a lot less like force of vigor, right? And so I was, I don't know. Anyway, point is I was talking to him. I was like, I wonder if it's time to go back to the old build. And I, truthfully, these decks can be built so many different ways. And like, frankly, in a good player's hand, how much of a difference really is like three spell pierce, one blacksmith skill versus two blacksmith skill, two spell pierce, right? Like, is, is it really that different? No, it's not. Cause hammer will kill you anyways. <laughs> It doesn't matter how, uh, but but yeah, I, I just I just thought it was funny that there was like this point in time where there was like a flux and people were just like throwing random things at Hammer. There was actually a point in time where uh, like you could play Lurus and there was this player I can't remember the name, and they were just actively 
not play Lurs because they wanted to play like Nettlesis and stuff. You're you're talking about Crusherbot, yeah. Uh, Crusherbot, that's it. Yes. <laughs> he uh, he is like a hammer master, and and to be perfectly honest with you, I will see his lists. He, he was also playing Hammer and Legacy, like as as was I, and I I, I just like don't. I don't really get it most of the time when I look at one of his lists. Like, like he was doing this where it was like Lurus was legal, and you'd think like, okay, what's the best card Hammer could play that would be a reason to not play Lurus? And and the card that jumps to mind at least immediately for me is Cauldra. But then he just was like, no, I don't want Cauldra either. Like, I'm not playing Lurus, so I can play like sort of Fire and Ice. A Nettle Cyst, dude. You forgot Nettle Cyst, of course. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, you got me. <laughs> All right, so next set that comes out is September 2nd, and that's going to be Dominera United. This one is actually not that long ago. This one feels a little bit closer. Uh, But uh, yeah, this is uh, the showcase challenge from the 9th, uh, the 17th, sorry, of uh, September. And this is, this this was a weird top eight because it was like the return of Aldracitron. Like nobody had that eight had done anything at all with a Dracitron for months. And then this player, Leandro, Leandro, just comes back and top eights this event and then starts like top eighting challenges as well and stuff. And it's just like everybody's like, wait, wait, what? It's <laughs> what I think year it, is this? It's back to the player. Like I you'll see this person. They're like an Eldrazitron specialist. I also think they're just very good at the game. Um I think they might even be like an old pro like they used to play a lot way back in the day i'm not sure but um yeah this player in particular will play eldrazi tron and i i i don't know if you know this fran but i i like have always hated eldrazi tron like i i have i'm I'm one of these people who's like what like why are you like why would you ever want to play matter reshaper right but here it is you know matter reshaper in 2022 and doing very well apparently excuse you three matter shapers so at least deck building has improved in the past couple of years <laughs> they cut one yeah <laughs> they cut one maybe next year maybe two years from now we'll have two matter shapers and the deck will be a little bit better slowly but surely exactly and this is look at that fable of the mirror breaker in the creativity deck don't you love to see it spider you know I <laughs> this player Uriel has done very well with creativity consistently and I I I feel like it's similar to Crusherbot where I'm like looking at the lists like you were giving me a hard time about Reman back in January this is September and there's Manalik I'm I'm looking at a Manalik right now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah uh, and there's another list actually and it's like four hard evidence but Four creativity, two transmogrify, two explore. Excuse you, and of course one persist because that's the, that's the right amount of persists <laughs> to be playing. This was um, the explore tech was an influence from Nasif, who was playing the deck for a little while. Like creativity was, I think, really started popping off. I, I I'm not sure what month that was, but I, I know that Canister and Yellow Hat both were picking it up and like actively working on it, and it kind of push the deck both in more into prominence, but also help to like refine lists towards these directions. So like Nasif was a big proponent of Explore, which has now completely fallen off. 
whereas Canister was playing a lot. Like, he was, like, one of the first, like, four Spell Pierce players and then also playing Persist. And uh, you, you still will see some of that, though. We also see, like, the, all of those... Uh, not not for long, not going to last much longer, but we do see a bunch of four-color piles and we have, like, 27 lands, 28 lands, and, like, a bunch of traverses. This is this is the, the traverse part of the four-color revolution where people realized, oh, we can just jam these traverses with bubbles and... It's actually sick. So. Dude, that concept was such a like wild moment in Magic to me of like yep. the realization of I can just put abundant growth on my fetch land and then pop it whenever I want. Yeah, dude. People people got smart. I, I guess the, honestly, like the the traverse innovation in four color was was kind of uh, particularly with like the single to never cool the promise then right to 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 break the mirror wide open. It's just like. Yeah, that is that is actually some some galaxy brain shit right there. <laughs> it, it really, it really was. Yeah, we also hey, we have an amulet here again, and now it's playing scape shift. Like, oh I, yeah, I don't. That, that's all you, bud. <laughs> I I talked about this. The scape shift, I think, was some decent tech. Even to this day, if the meta were not as streamlined as it is, uh, you know, with everybody like trying to, everybody's just like griefing you or like merc tiding you or hammering you so scapeshift doesn't really have the time to shine but when everybody was like trying to four color you and you were like they were just oh yeah get a little bit of value here oh like yes here here's my interactive spell for your for your whatever and you would just go okay so play amulet play bounce land and like play scapeshift go get a colossus like suck all my lands get a bunch of bounce lands and a tolera west transmute get colossus colossus you for like easy like 15 cards or something like that <laughs> it was it was good it, it was cool like i really i actually really enjoyed this deck this was actually a uh, hawk bog uh, who's a very very um very great amulet player and they were they were the one who who actually came up with this deck deck that was really really good in the versus for color specifically so good stuff good stuff also by the way lele binding makes an appearance here which is uh, from Dominaria United. That's really the only card from that set that saw play at this point in time. And kind of the only one that's displayed nowadays as well. <laughs> yeah. I guess you'll see Shreldred every now and then, but like, not not really. <laughs> not, not so much in modern. Like, yeah, that, I mean, obviously Pioneer and Legacy both, both play that card. I mean, like, you have people trying to do like the, the zoo stuff with... Uh... Mitsu, what is it? Mitsubishi Brawler right. or something? Uh, that's right. Nishoba. Nishoba Brawler. <laughs> I, Mitsubishi Brawler, that's I, great. I, I, I hadn't heard that one. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, mean, I think those cards are not particularly good. I mean, certainly in comparison to, to Leyline Binding, which is just like an absurdly good magic card in a Fetchland Triumph format. All right, so it has come. It has finally happened. We're reaching October 13, which is a glorious day for Magic and modern fans everywhere, because Yorion is finally banned, arguing, arguing the fact that it was too hard to shuffle 80 card decks. That was one of the arguments presented. Let me, let me remind you of that. But, besides the point, 
we are now in what uh, could potentially be talked about as the black red i guess it's not really a resurgence so how, how do we call this like the emergence. insurgence emergence thank you <laughs> i was i was blanking on the actual word yes this is when scam finally starts showing up this is when we start to see black red style mid-range decks uh kind of uh, i don't want to say dominating but yeah, kind of dominating the format. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. At this point, is it is it fully scam or is it just like red black mid range pile? Yeah, this is like the the black red mid range like the beginning. <laughs> this is when they're like, oh, Dolphy, this card Dolphy Voidwalker is pretty decent. What if we pair it with Fury and stuff? Oh, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> Dude, I love this list. It's got Skelemental and Unearth. Like, whew, you you know, Modern is in a great spot when people are like. It's time to bust out Skelemental. <laughs> yeah, the Undying Evils and the Malachi Rivers are going to be coming uh, in, in the next month in, in with a full swing. Uh, but yeah, at this point, we're, we still have like the, the innocent, the, the non-yet-problematic Black-Red deck, I guess we can, we can call so it. It's so wild. Like, Scam existed before this. It just wasn't, it, you know, it was not a popular deck. I know I messed around with it for a little bit and... You had I, I I forget the date that that first challenge happened where someone was playing scam and they did really well or like there was at least a, a five zero in a league I I remember this very specifically and I'm like staring at all these like like what the hell is uh, undying malice like what is that and it, it just like didn't really go anywhere for a long time and at some point somebody was like wait a minute like. That deck's just cracked. And I know when I played it, I was like, this is, like, I feel like this is better than people are giving it credit for. But I, I was, like, forcing HCA into the main deck, and, like, that was the whole reason I was trying it. But at some point, like, folks like, you know, Young Dingo really picked up the deck somewhere along the line there. And now it's just viewed as one of the best decks in the format. And, it, like, I, I, I don't know, it just makes me wonder, like, hey, if we were back in, like, you know may and you had someone taking a scam list from today like would they be dominating or does it just get dunked on by four color like what what does that look like i imagine it probably gets dunked on by four color right like they have infinite answers to everything you're trying to do and like you the only card that really matters is just the uh the blood moon right so that you can prevent them from doing their thing i mean turok and it's not even that good like, Turok's still really good, and you can still, like, like turn one grief scam stuff is still... Yeah, but, like, probably not as much versus the deck that's playing and Holy Heat, it's playing, like, freaking Prismatic Endings, it's playing Omnath, it's playing Four Solitudes with Ephemerates. Like, I, I don't know if it's that good in that context specifically. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. Uh -huh. I, I would imagine, like, if I, if I were a scam player, I would probably, I definitely would not want to be playing against the, the four-color deck. I mean, I it's fascinating because I, I think there's texture to these things, right? Like, on the surface level, I always thought Shadow would be pretty bad into four-color. You know, particularly you think about, like, oh, they, they're going to play, like, Solitude on my dude. They, like, maybe kill my channeler and then also kill my Shadow. That's miserable, right? Um, but I actually kind of liked that matchup. Like, I preferred to be on Shadow against Four Color than, like, Murktide or anything else. Of Like, you just had, like, the disruption just enough to, like, get over the finish line or, like, resolve your Turok or whatever it was. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things where uh, it's like a butterfly effect, I guess. So like it's one thing that changed and it sort of like domino affected everything else. So I I don't know how good it, how good it would be, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like certainly I, I could buy it, right? Of like you you shred everyone's hands and then four colors just like okay, like I have Yorion, I have Omnath, I have Expressive Iteration, like, like every card in their deck is a two for one. So who's happier to be empty handed there? Yeah, and there's also like the fact that I mean this scam deck was around for a while. Remember that like, the very first iteration was like were black white, actually, with like Stoneforge Mystic and all that garbage. Yeah, well, that I mean, that that version of the deck people tried to figure out like on day one, and basically there were like a few players <laughs> who championed it, and it just like it was just not good, and it just I mean like ultimately it turns out that the red cards that back it up like yes like grief ephemerate is better than like grief um, you know undying malice or whatever, but just being able to go like grief you into ragavan or like you know fable of the mirror breaker or like also the whole like oh yeah i also have like turn one fury scam you lines like that's kind of insane right like turn one four four double strike like i that, that that's just nuts I, I was i was trying out a little bit of uh blue red prowess i think last week and i got paired against scam and i was like oh i'll like try to save my dudes with a mutagenic growth and they were like well i wanted to scam my guy back anyway so it still <laughs> kills all your dudes and you wasted a spell thanks and i have a 4-4 which survives bolt <laughs> right right like i don't know that, that that deck just has some like truly absurd draws and like like i don't know what, what do you think of this statement like is that the deck that has the most nut draws in the format right now like the most like at least the uh, meta deck that does i mean there's always amulet right like amulet has to turn two kill so i think if if you if you have if you're talking about literally the perfect hand it probably is amulet the problem is like the the perfect hand for the scam deck happens like every other game while the perfect hand for amulet happens like once every like 40 matches so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. the, the likelihood is 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 not is not the same. You know what I'm saying. So that's that's the difference. Obviously, I'm being hyperbolic here, but y- you get the point. You get the point. Right. And, but yeah, at this point, like this is uh, October, and this is the uh, let's main deck Blood Moon in our Murktai decks uh, time, which was a really sad time for me. <laughs> that's that's the amulet player. Hey man, I'm not happy about it as creativity either, right? <laughs> yeah, I I don't think anybody enjoyed this time too much, uh, but but yeah. Also, shout out to um, Ganja de Janga who not only topated this showcase but also topated the following showcase as well. Both of them with goblins <laughs> of all things. Of all things, we're talking about like how Fury is sick and like how they're getting back Fury with like the freaking uh, thing, the the undying evil stuff, and all of a sudden is this 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 maniac that <laughs> just shows up with goblins, dude. I yeah, I don't know. I I think they're just truly a master. I I tried this after they they did that, and it was like 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, like, it's fine. Like, I don't think Goblins is unplayable. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that Goblins is just the de facto best Aetherbile deck. Um, come at me, Merfolk Which players. is not saying yeah. a lot, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough out there for the Aetherbile fanatics. Uh, but, but yeah, this, at this point, this is, uh, the, the, the scam apogee or is that a word in English? It, it has to be, right? It sounds good to me, so it has to be. Uh, this is like the glory days of Scam. This is when Scam actually uh, finally established itself as, uh, yeah, this is actually one of the best decks in the format. And we, we actually see multiple copies in this top eight. Uh, we also see, like, <laughs> the freaking calibrated Blast deck, like, getting in there somehow. Uh, and we also see, and this is actually a, an interesting one, um, Scales. Scales actually had a point in time right there when it showed up and it was just like, oh, okay, like this patchwork automaton guy from, from Kamigawa, it's, it's kind of legit. <laughs> it actually does some powerful stuff. And people were, were go, uh, did actually go back and try Scales for, for a while. Uh, that is not really happening that much anymore, but, it was cool when this happened. I, you know, I actually had that same thought um, going into that, you know, the the last tournament there for the year, where I was like really looking at scales. I actually reached out to Mister Siri, and I was like, man, like I feel like scales is the move right now. Where you know, basically, you're like beating Merktide and Scam with this better than Hammer is, and then you know, basically hoping you're still just like a powerful enough deck otherwise. I, I felt like that was not the case. I felt like the deck just was lacking some of that raw power that Hammer has. Where you, like, you get paired into random nonsense with Hammer, and you're like, yeah, whatever, like, 10U or 20U, right? And you're just good. Whereas with Scales, it's like, okay, all right, I still got to, like, work for every inch. And I like that kind of magic, but I don't know, man. I, it... it scales just did not quite seem up to snuff to me yeah it's one of those decks that i really wish that it were better than it actually is and i really want it to be but it just isn't <laughs> it just falls a tiny bit short and i'm not really sure what it needs i mean obviously it needs moxopal but <laughs> if you add moxopal then at the same time just hammer gets so much better so i don't know exactly what what the scales deck needs yeah maybe it's just like more efficient versions of a lot of their effects right like the deck has like so many two drops in it right like yes like it's walking blista patchwork hanger back arc bound um like Ballista. yeah exactly like so many of your cards cost two mana so you just like have like mopey turn ones or it's like hopefully you have scales but as we mentioned there's removal for every permanent type under the sun now and like i don't know just like a turn one naked zabaz is like not very impressive all right so we're getting towards december and this is uh, november 11 uh, to 17th brothers war was released not the most relevant set we've ever seen so what even sees play from is it is it just sideboard cards honestly i'm struggling to think about it right now I mean, there's definitely no cards in all of these top eights. <laughs> like, the only card I can think of off the top of my head is Brotherhood's End. Uh, it's like, I know that has been seeing some play. 
And I know that like Spike was liking some of the artifact stuff, like um, you know, like the 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 dog, and I guess Mite, like Haywire Mite's really good. Yeah, but Might wasn't Might. Oh no, yeah, you're right. Might is from Baldur's War. Um, the the only card that I'm thinking that, that sometimes he play is the two one. Oh, you're you're talking about uh, Iconoclast. That one, yeah, that one sees play every now and then because it combos with Breach. Yeah, but people people are not even on that. Like people are playing Breach now, and like we'll we'll get to this. It's not really in these top eights too too much, but like people are playing Breach. It's just not. Like, that card has kind of fallen off even there, where basically I think it's the realization that, like, hey, young Pyromancer sucks in modern, and, like, even a slightly better young Pyromancer still sucks in modern. Yeah, even a slightly better young Pyromancer that literally goes infinite with my combo deck still sucks in modern. But uh, this is why I wanted to, we're going to be talking about the, the Showcase Qualifier real quick, and not going to go too deep on this one because uh, i mean it the, the decks that come that show up here in the qualifiers are usually like very narrow because it's a very small field but this was like one of the first times that we actually start to see a, a deck that would show up every now and then like a showcase in a, in a challenge top eight or something but like that's kind of all that happened but the breach deck was actually busted. And we've been saying this on this on this very podcast. If you've been listening to us, you know this. Because I feel like it's been over a year since I've been saying, I think that Breach is broken. I think that Breach is broken. And it turns out it was. And this is when people finally were like, yeah, I think it, it really is. And they started playing like the Grinding Station version. Some people are playing Grinding Station. Some play, people are playing Thassa Circle. Some other um, visionaries, I should say, are <laughs> playing Teamer for, for Red and Six. Um, and... Yeah, like this is uh, when we see the, the the breach deck really pop off. Still purely as a combo deck. Still purely as a combo deck, and uh, basically just playing all of these combo piece cards like Grinding Station and even Emery Lurker of the uh, Lurker of the Lock, which is not a particularly threatening card uh, by itself. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the bridge combo deck uh, really showing up and started to show its prominence. Um, and slowly but surely, we get into the modern qualifier on uh, December 26th, which I'm pretty sure, Spider, you're going to want to talk about this one. Because <laughs> this is when we, um, when things went over the top, right? Like when now the, the deck is actually taken down by uh nils fit yeah nils fit uh who is playing breach without the combo there's no combo anymore we're just playing value breach and we are just effectively playing murktide but instead of having the actual card murktide we have underworld breach as the end game where uh, you just like replay your entire graveyard or you draw like five cards from a mistress bubble and i guess this deck has like a very small kind of combo which is more of a well if i get there i guess i'll kill you more so than an actual combo which is a barrel plus mana morphosis plus a singleton grape shot yeah, uh, but but grape shot is a card that can be played for value. Metamorphose is basically extra copies of Mishra's Bubble, but the deck is just cantrips, uh, uh, threats in DRC and Ragavan, 
and we're not playing Ursa Saga anymore, we're still just playing Interaction instead. Right. So you, you can actually, you can go infinite with this as well with just Dragon Rage's channeler. So if you somehow manage to have like, you, it's not too hard if you have two channelers to just, if you have a spare mana, you can eventually find the third one. And at which point you just can go infinite. So you just like keep casting your metamorphose until you hit your grape shot and, and murder them. So like technically it's there, but it's pretty tough to assemble. So th this is a tournament. Um, I mentioned I got third place in this tournament. I actually lost to this player um, in the top eight. And I, I tried this deck afterwards and I like, let me tell you, friend, I don't get it. Like I really don't get it. Um, I know that this is like kind of the move right now of just like I'm gonna play value breaches and all sorts of lists. You have people like I know like Spike was putting like breaches in um, like Grixis Death Shadow again or like breaches all over the place right now. Basically, everyone is like, wait, like this card's busted, and it is. Make no mistake, the card Underworld Breach is absolutely an absurd magic card, but we're now seeing people really try to experiment and find the best places for it. I, you know, congratulations to this player. I don't think that this is the end point. Like, I don't know. You just have too many weirdo cards. Like you're like, Oh, I'm not going to play the bad cards. And then you put Baral and mana and, and remand in your deck. So, Right, like you're you're not really achieving that when you do that, but um, I also think that this deck is pretty weak to a couple different forms of hate. So like the card Endurance is really good against this list where you're turning off Unholy Heat, you're beating Dragon Rage's Channeler, and you're stopping an Underworld Breach all with just that card. There's no like Saga black backup plan, right? Like you're you're just Ragavan DRC are your only threats. So. If you can answer those things and you're just, oh, coincidentally, I hit your graveyard, so Breach does nothing, they're done, right? Um, but I don't know. I think this this deck list in particular really opened the door where everyone's like, oh, shit, like I, gotta, I just have to play Underworld Breach in as many decks as possible. Yeah, and that's something that we will definitely, in the next episode, we wanted to keep this episode sort of as a... Um, like a review, as we said at the beginning. So we're not going to go too deep into uh, what is actually the current trends in the format. So this is more like a teaser to till next episode where we will probably go a little bit deeper on how everybody is... Uh, yeah, it's the new rage. Like, <laughs> the, 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 new, the new thing going on right now is uh, just jam breach in your Merktide deck. Just jam breach in your... Amulet deck? Uh, I mean, maybe not amulet, but <laughs> <laughs> just like go ahead and just like throw a bridge in there. Maybe it will work. Um, and uh, yeah, it turns out that it most of the time it does. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh, yeah. We're just throwing it there. In, in This is something that people actually did back in maybe like May or something. People were doing this in prowess, just like actual prowess with monolith prowess or like red white prowess with breach as sort of like the the, the late game right like the the actual end you yeah uh, otherwise in this top eight we do have a copy um i mentioned you know i top eight so that's that's creativity there's also a copy of young moth uh, claudio again um in the top eight here and then there's just like a bunch of murktide there's a scam list 
So, you know, Murktide, I think, is really viewed as the de facto best deck right now. And it's actually the reason why I am not playing Breach right now, because I, I think that Murktide is, is favored against Breach in any of the variants of Breach that I've tried. And it's not like it's, like, favored to the extent where, you know, you're just auto-dead, but enough to where I was feeling off it. Um, quick aside... I think this the creativity list that I top aided with here is really good. The next tournament that you know this is twenty twenty three now. Um, I played in f- with Modern again on MTGO. I missed top eight on Breakers. I got ninth place, same seventy five. So if you're looking for a creativity list, that that's the one. But um, yeah, I don't know. The, the, I, I I feel like Murktide was just like I'm king of the hill, like de facto king of the hill now. And, what, what, what do you think of that? Pretty sure that's just the case. And we have seen this tendency going on in the past uh, month or so. And I, of course, I was in Argentina, so I haven't been playing that much personally, but I've still been uh, consuming a lot of content anyway, uh, because, you know, that's kind of what I do in my free time. So <laughs> uh, so I'm still seeing that uh, it's basically Merktide versus Hammer versus Cascade, which has kind of been the story throughout this entire year. <laughs> so the Cascade decks have been rotating for a while there. It was Living End. For a while there, it was Rhinos. Um, maybe at one point it was even Glimpse. At one point, Glimpse was like the, the, the older rage. And then we have Hammer, which disappeared for a second right after the Lurus man and then very quickly after came back and started dominating again. And then Merc died was pretty much untouched <laughs> throughout the entire the entire two years. Uh, we added Ledger Shredder at one point, but then people uh, feels like they're moving more towards uh, DRC at this point, which personally I think is the correct choice. Uh, also for me as the uh, Amulet player, I lose to Shredder a lot more than I lose to DRC, so it gives me a shot, but that matchup is terrible anyway, so <laughs> that doesn't help me anyway. But... Uh, we we have seen like a little bit of like, fluctuation, but not really that much. Uh, the only thing that has happened is like all of the decks have gotten leaner, right? So we actually had Merktide main decking three copies of Archmage's Charm back in the day. Well, that is gone. Like at the beginning of the year, we were main decking three Archmage's Charm. Now we're main decking three Spell Pierce. You know what I'm saying? So. Everything has been going down in mana value. Everything is cheaper. Everything is leaner. There's less uh, room for, for messing around. The format just becomes really, really optimized. We're not, uh, you know, even the hammer decks, like messing around, as we were saying, with like Sword of Fire and Ice or whatever, not a thing anymore. Now we're playing hammers and we're playing uh, just one drops and one drops and one drops, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, the same is true is, basically every single deck so that i feel like is the the overall arc of the format that we that we've seen over this year like this is the main conclusion that i'm seeing we see more cards we see less mana value amongst those cards and even the cards that see that see play at the four maybe even five cmc uh, area i guess those are grief and fury, so <laughs> they're they're not really four and five mana, so yeah, or Merktide, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah, Merktide doesn't really cost two, but it costs two. 
yeah, I mean, like, there's the rare three mana card that still will see play. Um, this is going to be your Fable of the Mirror Breakers, your Blood Moons, your um, Teferi Time Ravelers. Like, these are all playable cards, but when the format is as efficient as it is, they become a lot harder to, you know, resolve, to make an impact with, right? Like, you know, my, my creativity list was playing four spell peers, right? Like, we looked at that beginning of the year list where I was like, you know, Fran's giving me a hard time about remand, and now you just, it's just full four spell peers. Like, and that's just what you need to do to survive in modern now. And that's, that's wild. The only, again, like, all of the cards that we see past three mana are just cheatable, right? So they... Maybe we see a card like Leyland Mighty, for example, which, sure, you can't actually cast on turn one, but it kind of makes up for that in the future, right? So it allows you, okay, you you fall behind on turn one because you have to tap your tapped land, but it's so, so good at then later in the game allowing you, okay, so... I take this turn off, but then on turn three, I'm just going to play maybe three one-drops, one of those being Leyline Binding, or maybe like a two-drop and a one-drop, and that's going to actually catch me back up in in tempo to what you're doing in order to even things out. So, uh, yeah, the, the 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 moral of the story, I guess, I guess, the moral of the year is play <laughs> smaller CMC cards and you will win more in the modern format. Yeah. You know, it's a weird concept because you'd think that Luris existing would make everyone play cheaper cards. But somehow, now that we have both the cat and the serpent out of the format, everyone's like, oh, no, I now I'm going to be super efficient. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, and, you know, even cards like Omnath. You know, as much as people complained, people were saying, you know, like, oh, we got a ban Omnath. Like, it's a two for one. And, like, it gives you mana. It's just, like, nowhere to be seen. Literally, nobody's playing Omnath. <laughs> right. Like, if you pay actual four, five mana for a card, you, you really want to be winning the game. Like, I think creativity is probably the best example of a, of a card that fits that description. Yeah. Creativity or Yogmoth, I would say. Yep. Yeah, and both of those cards are just like, hey, did I win? I think I won. Yeah, exactly. So if, you, if you're going to be spending that much mana on a card, like, y- you better win the game immediately. Uh, but yeah, this was this was fun, man. This was fun. Like, I, I think like we had an interesting year in Modern as, as it often is, to be honest. <laughs> There's always something getting broken in this format. And then we're all just like trying to like scramble the pieces together in order to hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very weird. I, I feel like there's a lot of changes that have happened over that time, you know, between the, the companion bands and the sets that have come out. Yet at the same time, it's just like, hey, Merktide's still the maybe the best deck like that that was the case at the beginning and at the end of the year as well the more things change the more they stay the same and that is exactly what Merktide has to tell all of us yeah all right so let's uh wrap this bad boy up then um try to think if we, we want to like do do sort of like a conclusion thing like where we see the format going kind of deal how do you feel about that yeah i mean we we, we can talk about that that's fine 
I and I don't like I don't think there's too much more that we haven't said. I, I know like I, I talked about Breach a little bit and you were like that's that's the teaser here. Um I mean that that's like the big format shift that I can think of right now. You know, we've seen some changes like you know, like Blood Moon being in people's main decks. And we also always have a bit of like circular stuff going on in modern where you know it's like, oh man, Rhinos is insane it's the best deck and and then it's like rhinos is unplayable right so like um the event just after this one uh that happened at the beginning of the year i believe the finals was uh living in versus uh rhinos so obviously like cascade's still great yeah i i I don't know i don't think that there's that much that's different mostly the top of the docket is is breach broken is there a way that it hasn't been broken yet? And if so, who's going to find it? <laughs> it kind of feels like it's a, like a ticking time bomb, right? Like it's not a matter of uh, if, it's more of a matter of when. And uh, yeah, it does feel like modern overall is in fine shape. I, I actually like the format a fair bit. I think... The only annoying part is like getting paired against Ragavan as much as it is. Um, that card specifically, I feel like, takes up too much of the. I if if I had to choose one card to be like the single most format warping card in terms of determining what can or cannot be played or what has to be played, I would say that Ragavan is single handedly that card. Um, like it really forces people to be playing those prismatic endings, lightning balls, like whatever it is. You need to have a plan for turn one Ragavan, otherwise you're just gonna lose to it straight up. So the fact that we have that is the only problematic thing. Uh, yet somehow, and this this may be like a hot take. Maybe you know, don't don't check back on the tape for this one, but. <laughs> I think that if we were talking about something to be banned, I kind of suspect that Breach is closer to being banned than Ragavan is, which is a weird thing to say. Do you think Breach is closer than, like, Renin 6 or Urza Saga? Yes. 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 I think that Breach is go- it's going to get to the point where people are going to break Breach B other pair. Like, to the point where action will need to be taken. I don't know if any of the other cards can... I mean, what I'm trying to say, we have not seen the uh, the full potential of Breach just yet. Like, we have not seen the roof. While I think that cards like Ragavan or Renan 6, they are very close to their roof. Like, they're literally the best cards in the format, right? They're literally the best cards in the format right now. And I feel like that is the roof for those cards. While Breach, I feel like we have not seen its roof. I think that it's going to be much better than it is right now. Yeah, I mean, it may be that we're just, like, a printing away from, you know, whatever card it is that that it needs, right? And, like... I, I do think it's worth noting that in the case of Urza's Saga, that is a card that gets better over time of like anytime you have a one or zero mana artifact printed, it's like, oh, is that a card for um, Urza's Saga? So like Haywire Might is a great example, which just adds a huge amount of utility to it. Um, having said that, you know, I don't I don't really feel like 
we're close to a ban on that. I, I, I felt like we were very close to a Ren and Six ban right around when, when uh, Yorion was banned. But strangely, there's not a lot of Ren and Six decks in the format right now. Like, it's really just creativity, which is kind of mind-boggling because... I don't know. I'm of the opinion that's just one of, if not the very best card in the format. Um, the other, like, obviously absurd magic card is Expressive Iteration, but I don't think that they're close to taking action on that at all, if they ever will. Yeah, it's it's funny how Ren basically ended up without a home, right? Creativity is the only actual home that it has, but we talked about how decks like John Saga, for example, which were kind of built to take advantage of, of Ren 6, and they just can't keep up anymore. <laughs> they literally are not playable. So um, it feels like it's just a matter of people finding the right shell for Ren and Six. And that is what's what's missing, basically. Like, Four Color was exactly that, right? Like, Four Color was the broken Ren and Six shell. But even nowadays, like, the Four Color versions that we see having success are Karuga versions, which literally cannot play Ren and Six. So, <laughs> um, it's it's kind of weird in that sense. Uh, the most successful Ren and Six decks that we're, see- that we're seeing these days are Blue-White Control the decks literally splashing both green and red just to play red and six. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty funny. But yeah, all right, sweet. So let's wrap this one up. Uh, thank you for, for doing this with me, Spider. Hopefully you enjoyed this uh, dear listener as much as we did. Uh, but where can people find you, man? Yeah, uh, well, you know, in theory, I still stream on Twitch. It has been... A surprisingly long amount of time, but you know you should still still throw me a follow over there. You know, you, you, who who knows? I might I might be live at any time. Maybe right now, as you're listening to this episode. No, uh, <laughs> um, so that's Spider Space on Twitch and uh, Spider Space MTG on Twitter. There you'll find me probably posting a meme and or a uh, result from one of these tournaments I was playing. I know. I uh, I got to play Cephalid Breakfast in Legacy, and I was playing Jess guys. So you got to I, it was American Breakfast. What's not to like? Nice. Actually, like we need like a brooks in, in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me on the other hand, not play Legacy because that format sucks right now. But play a lot of Premodern. Yes, Premodern is 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 where I'm at. Been really really enjoying the format. So I've been making videos for that, posting a lot of uh, stuff regarding Premodern. So if you're into it, uh, you can always send me a PM. You can do so on Twitter. That is at fpublishmtg. You can also find me on Patreon. On very much on YouTube these days. Actually, I've been posting between three and four videos per week. So that would be fpublish. Uh, mtg on youtube and uh yeah every now and then very rarely on twitch <laughs> f Pablouche without the mtg and that's gonna be it for us today thank you so so much for this for listening and uh, hopefully the babble boys are gonna be back from now on and we'll <laughs> hopefully what we see you next time is not gonna be in two months <laughs> bye bye <laughs>